Welcome to the FRC Digital Podcast. This podcast is part of the FRC Digital Network, put out by Fellowship Reformed Church in Hudsonville, Michigan. Just a reminder that with this episode, there will be a downloadable companion worksheet at frchudsonville.org under resources. I am your regular host, Pastor Tim. I have played sports, coached sports, and have been a sports fan for most of my life. In this series, we've looked at sports from a number of different angles, and today, I want to cover the topic of combat sports. To do that, I have two guests with me uh, who, have, uh, who are going to join us. And Jesse, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself first, and then go ahead, Andy. Well, thanks for having me on, Tim. Uh, my name is Jesse. Uh, I actually live in Roswell, New Mexico, so I'm down here where it's nice and hot, and um, so just getting through summer with that going on. But yeah, I um, currently am a high school wrestling coach. Uh, I've been the coach here for eight years. I've been in the sport of wrestling for over 23 years. Um, I've wrestled at the collegiate level and the high school level. And so I've kind of um, been all over minus the professional, you know, worlds and Olympic style, but I've been around the sport uh, in that regard. And I just recently um, have picked up uh, writing about college wrestling. And so I'm added a kind of a new angle to my pursuit in the sport as well. Awesome. Andy. Awesome. So uh, I'm Andy Herman. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So also a New Mexico guy, uh, funny enough. And I live here with my wife and our two-year-old son. Uh, I wrestled a bit in middle school and high school, although I was not very good. And uh, in the last few years, for the last three and a half years, I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm a blue belt at our gym. I compete some and I also coach in the kids program. Awesome. Uh, well, so I've started out with a pretty basic question that I've asked everybody who's come on. Uh, having grown up in church, what did you hear as far as the intersection of faith and sports? Or if, as you've been around church, uh, to say it a different way, have you ever had a teacher or a pastor talk about how the Bible can uh, teach us about sports or or um, or anything of that nature? Jesse, why don't you answer first? Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting topic, I think, because, um, you know, Growing up, I played a lot of football. And so football, I think, is very religious and superstitious. And so um, a lot of my coaches went to church. Uh, there was always that that intersection, I think, of, um, you know, if you play hard and you really do it for God's glory, God rewards you with victories. Um, so there's that intersection there, certainly within the coaching atmosphere of um, God in the, you know, the larger sense. But I think uh, in the more local sense, I, I was part of a church where – one Sunday for uh, a sermon illustration, he called me up and, and was discussing wrestling. Um, and, you know, and, and he was using that as a metaphor for life. So that I've actually been part of a sermon illustration because of that. But in terms of, you know, the sporting, I think a lot more uh, I heard relating to running or, you know, the the basic components of com- uh, sports in that sense of combativeness and just, you know, endurance, perseverance, resilience. Um, so that's really the extent of which I grew up hearing about sports from the pulpit or in a, um, you know, Christian-esque uh, atmosphere. What about you, Andy? Yeah, so I came to faith partway through high school, so my exposure was kind of limited. Uh, but the only thing that I really remember hearing when I was when I became a Christian in high school uh, was that you know we glorify God by using our talents well, the gifts that He's given us, and so one possible application of that could be you know, playing your sport well, right? You glorify God by playing your sport to the best of your ability and by being sportsmanlike and respectful. Uh, but that's about the extent of what I remember hearing. Okay. Uh, so uh, 
in your mind, so question for both of you here, um, you, when you think of combat sports, you typically think of wrestling, boxing, martial arts. Um, I guess in your minds, what is how is that different from a non-combat sport? Um, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, so, I mean, I think there's obviously a lot in common, right? You know, all kinds of sports can help you build discipline and can help improve your health and things like that. But I think a few things that I was thinking of, I was thinking about what's different between combat sports and non-combat sports one thing is just the level of trust you have to build with your teammates. Like in jujitsu, you know, I'm going to be sitting there, let this guy come extremely close to breaking my arm. And I have, there has to be a level of trust there, right. In order to, for that to work well. Uh, and in combat sports too, I think obviously you have real world application, right. For self-defense and things like that. That's not there so much with other sports. Um, I think there's also a kind of, dualistic like humble self-confidence that combat sports help build uh, because since combat sports are so real you know it, it humbles you it helps you realize you know what other people can do to you but it also can build some self-esteem and self-confidence of you know you can walk around with with kind of being able to carry yourself knowing that you can handle yourself in a different way sure what about you jesse yeah, I think one of, the, one of the key factors I think that separates it is this um, isolation of responsibility. Um, you know, it, when you're on the wrestling mat, I always tell kids, you know, you lose. There's only two reasons. Either he was better than you or you weren't prepared enough uh, and you let yourself down in that sense. And so really it's learning to take the onus of your own preparation and the uh, outcome of matches in that regard. And so you know, it's easy when you're in a, a sports team to potentially blame the quarterback for throwing an interception when you're, you know, the deep of the tackle. It's not your fault that a guy threw an interception that changed the game. Um, but when you're a combat sport, you know, there's there's no one else there to turn to to um, help you finish well or to to win the match. And so I really feel like that's that's one thing that separates is the isolation of responsibility. And, uh, you know, just like Andy said, you know, it really teaches you a lot of humble um confidence. And I think that's a really great tool. I tell parents all the time who come when their kids come to my wrestling program, I say beside my faith and my family, you know, wrestling has been one of the most important things in terms of building up my character, who I am, um, being able to look at myself and say, here's where I've fallen short, like, uh, you know, my responsibilities and here's where I need to get better. And also, you know, learning it, what my strengths are. So I really think that's kind of the key issues and factors of it. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is clearly happened in American culture is the rise of of MMA, the popularity of the Ultimate Fighting Championships. And so, when I talk to Christians, one of the questions I get is, "How is MMA any different than the the pagan gladiator games?" Um, I usually answer that by saying, "You know, gladiator games, you're you're trying to kill your opponent, um, uh, in, in at the very least, trying to, to gravely injure them." And trying to kill someone or trying to injure them permanently for the rest of their life, I think we can agree is morally wrong. Um, but I don't think that's the goal of modern combat sports. Um, so how would you respond to that concern that combat sports is just gladiatorial games that Christians uh, can't watch or participate in? Andy, you first. Yeah, you know, I've I've really wrestled with this. This is something I've gone back and forth on. I've thought about a lot. Uh, especially because doing jujitsu that's kind of helped pique my interest in MMA more. <clears throat> but I would say on the one hand, I do think the way that some of the, the modern fighting promotions are run, and of course UFC is like the big one. Uh, a lot of the way that these fight promotions are run can glorify violence and ungodly behavior. I mean, think about, 
you know, like Conor McGregor, right? Who's super entertaining, but yeah. also his whole thing is kind of about hyping up this like hatred and vitriol. And that's just kind of like the thing that gets people going is this desire to see people who hate each other, just go at it. And so there can definitely be in the way that those promotions are run and in the, in the way a lot of MMA fans approach the sports, I think there can be an attitude that's not too different from, you know, how ancient Romans might've treated gladiatorial games where you just want to go and see someone get their face pounded in, see as much violence as possible. Uh, and so I do think there is, that is there. We need to be careful of that. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, Timothy, like you were hinting at, there are, uh, MMA is a sport and there's technical things there that are really cool. Uh, I think there are, there's a God honoring way to, to participate in MMA and, and do it to the glory of God with respect for your opponent. Um, and so where I am right now on a practical level, is I, I just very intentionally, you know, try not to get involved in any, in anything that has to do with the hype or the theatrics that surround MMA, but I'll certainly watch it. You know, if it's on and I'm able to enjoy a good match, I still enjoy watching it. Sure. Sure. What about you, Jesse? I think, you know, wrestling is, is one step more removed than even Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, from MMA. And so certainly it's a physical sport. It's a, it's a combat sport in the sense of, um, you know, when I, when I wrestled, uh, it was not common to have, you know, bruises and nicks and those things just from you colliding with other person and, you know, being physical. Um, but I think, you know, like any said, it's really wrestling is a highly technical sport. And so as long as I'm coaching, I will always have people come in who think wrestling is like what they see on TV, the WWE, um, big slams, big jumps. But then when they get into it, they start realizing there's a lot of technical skill here that is happening. Um and so I think, you know, for wrestling, that that's more the, it has more of a step back from MMA. Now, it certainly is a foundational tool for MMA. You look at a lot of the guys who've had success. They were wrestlers in college. They were, you know, they were guys who've had a lot of success on that platform. So that's, I think, a different uh, setup in terms of, you know, how it allows you to have those tools. But also, I think, um, you know, that there's wisdom in everything in the sense of, uh, you know, combat sports, like Andy was saying, they teach you to have application for the real world so you know a lot of my wrestlers that i'm confirmed i'm confident that if they were unfortunate to get in a, in a fight and they were to go to the ground at the very least they're not going to lay down there and not how to get up or if they're getting you know being beat up or those things so it it does help i think in that regard um teach discipline of defense um and so you know when you and that's that's hard to i think to understand for people who've never really watched wrestling is they they tend to think of it as like the wwe but it's not as violent it's not as uh dangerous but again like you're saying i, I really think that's a great way to put it you know um there are lots of different things in life that we can do that lead to destruction and harm i, I would say you know you look at the american landscape um you know sports can be good they can be edifying their way to connect people um, God has given us an amazing platform, especially as uh, Christians, in that sense, to be able to speak in the young men's lives. There's lots of young men that come to my program who've never had a father uh, figure, and it's a chance to speak their life through that. And so um, certainly I don't teach my kids to go out there and you know destroy other other kids. Um, but you look at any sport in America, it's, it can quickly become a religion in that sense of, you know, we want to see blood. We want to see violence. We want to see the big hits, whether it be basketball, football, wrestling. So um you know, I think some of that is tempering, tempering our expectations as coaches and as Christians into what are we expecting to get out of this, but also what are we portraying uh, to others when we, when we participate in sport and watch sports. Now, I, mean, I think that's a really important question every Christian should work through is how do I participate even as a spectator in any sport? 
Sure. No, yeah. that, le that le sorry, Andy, didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, but that leads me to the question for both of you. When you have young people come in and want to learn uh, jujitsu or want to learn how to wrestle, is their main motivation perhaps at the beginning, the desire to hurt someone? Um, you know, I, I haven't encountered that too much, especially with our kids program. I think most of our kids are there because they just want something physical to do. Uh, and you know, some, I think, some, you know, you might get some boys who think it's really cool, the idea that they could fight and, and something like that. Uh, but for the most part, they're, they're in a good place. And I mean, we really emphasize one of the things we focus on so much with them is that part of being a skilled practitioner is having that self-control, right? You're not learning this so you can go out and abuse other people. You're learning this so that you can be self-controlled and have the confidence that you're going to be able to defend yourself and take care of yourself. In 1 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul will use a lot of sports metaphors, and I think this is due to the, the Ithmian games that were held there. Um, so anybody who might be listening doesn't know. The, so the Ithmian games were really second only to the Olympics, and there were three popular sports uh, during those games, and th that was boxing, wrestling, and there was actually a type of mixed fighting styles. Um, an example would be in 1 Corinthians 9, the Apostle says, I'm not a man who boxes with the air. Uh, just before the passage, Paul talks about everything he's done to advance the good news of Jesus. He's telling the Corinthians they need to do this as well. The point that Paul is making is that when he boxes, he has an opponent he's trying to beat. Now, I'm, I'm curious if this is a connection you make or ever had made as a coach and a competitor uh, with, with a Christian. Say, you know, this is just like your spiritual life. You, you've got a competitor you're trying to beat. Um, Jesse. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of uh, God's design is is the gospel is present everywhere, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, that Romans really points that out, and like you said, this verse points it out, and just trying to get kids to understand, like, this is not, you know, your struggles you're having right now as a sophomore in high school with competing, and you can't seem to win, and, why, you know, why is everything going against you? Uh, it, it really relents, it, you know, really lays itself to life, and certainly it's spiritual warfare, um, and, you know, just living day to day, and so trying to get kids to understand that, that you know, these struggles you have on the wrestling matter are, are a micro example of what's going to come down to life with children, with wife, with work, with, you know, with everything that happens in life. And so, um, you know, I try to constantly make those, those parallels between the two, because I think it's a way to speak into those kids' lives and, you know, how um, the Bible clearly points that out, that we have moments of uh, sports-related interactions as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm totally on, in the same boat there. I think, there's so much connection there, uh, right? That in the same way that, you know, combat sports and other sports to a large degree too, but combat sports require that drive and that discipline, right? The spiritual life of a Christian requires that drive and discipline as well. And, and I think not only are sports a good illustration of that, but my own personal experience has been uh, engaging myself in that way physically for jujitsu has actually helped me to grow in drive and discipline spiritually as well. Uh, I think because God made us, you know, body and soul, there's a connection there that, you know, as I seek to develop the fruit of the spirit in one area of life, uh, that's going to affect all areas of life. Now it's not disconnected from my faith, right? It's not just like, Oh, if you're good at jujitsu automatically, you're going to be a super Christian or something like that. But as I rely upon the spirit to help me become more disciplined and self-controlled in one area, I find that that, that spills over to all areas of life. And so I think, that sports can be a huge help in that way. 
Yeah, you know, I've I've talked with with other athletes and and you pick you pick up on a common theme that a lot of them have talked with me about, and that is um what I call the the hard virtues, like you know, uh the things like endurance and like self-control and sacrifice, those are um those are virtues that don't come naturally to us. Um in in Sports is a, a great way, uh, and particularly the kind of sports we're talking about can be a great way to learn that self-control, um, that hard virtue of self-control. Um, another example would be like Ephesians 6.12. So the Bible describes Christians as wrestling with flesh and blood. Um, it's an interesting term, wrestling there. It's a, a common Greek term. Homer uses it, Plato, Plutarch. Um, not a military term, uh, a term. Um which is interesting because Paul's talking about the armor of God. Uh, Dr. Michael Gerdoff explains that many Roman soldiers were accomplished wrestlers. So the point of the text is to tell Christians that their spiritual battles are close personal battles with an enemy that wants to move you away from God. So it's not that you might have to wrestle, it's that you will wrestle, so you better be prepared. So by way of illustration, tell me the kind of thought and preparation that goes into a competition like a, in a hand-to-hand sport like you guys do, uh, Jesse, why don't you you share first? Yeah, I think um, there's a famous clip. If, you, if you've never seen it, it really summarizes um, wrestling. And so uh, it's it's been Askren. He's on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he's just talking about how um, wrestling every day they go in and they and they really push the pace. And so I I would say you know all sports are different. I think one thing that really separates wrestling from like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is um, it's it's more a little bit offensive, right? Because it's more on its feet. Um, and these guys certainly work hard. I'm not taking that away from Andy. Um, but I think that preparation in terms of constantly have to be offensive minded is, is really key um, to wrestling. Cause you know, guys, a lot, a lot of times wrestling, you'll have a guy get a takedown. Uh, and so once he's taken them to the mat, he'll cut him, which means he lets him back up. And so it's, it's really a mental challenge to when a guy takes you down, lets you back up, takes you down, lets you back up, takes you down, lets you back up. How are you going to, you know, come through that adversity because in wrestling, you can, you're never really out of it because you can always get a pin. There's, you know, there's no stoppage in that sense of, uh, of the, of the match. So really it's, it's the, I always tell my kids, it's 1%. You have to get 1% better every day to be able to wrestle well. And I, I think that's a, that's a good, uh, marker for them because, you know, I think sometimes coaches say you need to get, you know, way better. You need to get hundred percent. Did you give hundred percent today? Like, but sometimes you can't give hundred percent, you know? And, and I think that's a good reminder of life is, you know, it's it's a struggle to give 100% every day. So sometimes it's just, did you get 1% better in your condition? Did you get 1% better in your technique? And by the end of the season, when we're, you know, wrestling for state qualifying or wrestling in the state meet, um, you know, if you've put in your 1% every day, you're really going to see that. And so I think that's that's a great um, mindset to have in preparation is, am I just getting a little bit better? Because a little bit better is realistic and it's actually going to have great dividends long-term. Okay. What about you, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so much of the the mental game there that Jesse's talking about applies as well. I will say just to go back to what he said, wrestling is definitely more offensive than jujitsu because if I'm getting just too tired standing up with a guy, I can sit down on my bottom and, you know, just let him come to me. Uh, but I think, I think there's a, a lot of similarities there. I, one thing I was thinking about thinking about preparation, one of the crucial things, especially before a competition in jujitsu is having a game plan, you know, like, and I think there, there is a big spiritual parallel there as well. Like when you're going, uh, getting ready for a jujitsu mat match before you step on the mat, you need to know what you want to do 
in every single position that you could end up in, right? If you go out there without a plan of what you're going to do, what ends up happening is you get this big adrenaline dump and then you forget everything you know and you get submitted right away. <laughs> and so having a game plan, I think that's one of the things that stands out to me as so crucial. And I think having a big, that's, there's a big spiritual parallel there of, you know, as we're planning to go, you know, fight our spiritual battles, so to speak, we also need to have a game plan, right? We can't just be winging it. We need to be intentional about the way that we're fighting spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are both really good answers uh, because as a Christian, of course, you know, I, I should be trying to seek the Lord better in my life than I did the day before. You know, I'm trying to abide in Christ. I'm trying to, uh, one of the, one of the things I talk about here at our church is that there's a, can, can be a gap between our worship and our fellowship. You know, and one of the things we do as a Christian is we're trying to kind of close that gap every day is to to bring our line our lives more and more in line with with um with following Jesus. And then at the same time though, as you're you're saying, is like, you know, I'm gonna go into situations and I need to be prepared uh to to understand that there might be something I'm gonna face. And um I think not to to minimize anything for women, but for guys specifically. There are a lot of situations, particularly as as our culture is over sexualized, where we have to go in with a plan. Like we we just like, hey, you know, this is the way I'm going to handle this. This is how I'm going to interact with this. As we try to follow Jesus and and remain pure in our our uh, our, our sexuality and in our our commitment to particularly you, Andy and and, and Jesse, as far as wives. I think a a verse kind of. Going back to this too, that really speaks a lot to me is in First Timothy four eight, where it says, uh, "Bodily disciplines of some value, but godliness applies to all life." And so, I just think it's a fantastic verse to remind myself that you know, because I think in America we 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 tend to go in two ways, right? So for me, I'm a bigger guy, and so for me, it's like, hey, there's some value into being disciplined, right? Now that I'm on the coaching side, I'm not I'm not competing anymore, right? But am I am I disciplining my body for the sake of godliness? And so. Um, you know, I think that's really important for people on one end, but on the other end, you know, it says uh, it's of some value to the people who constantly are just like, I count my carbs. I don't put anything bad in my body. What are you eating? I can't, you know, cause there's those people that we interact with in the faith too, that they're just consumed with the physical presence of their body. And yet they remind them, I mean, it's a little value. Just remind yourself it's a little value. Are you focusing on the external rather than internal? Um, and so I just love that verse because it, it's a good balance of what ultimately combat sports and what, what you know Andy and I are talking about are for, focusing on, which is the godliness that we try to spend our bodies for that sake. And so I really love that verse. It's a a life verse for me as a person in terms of you know my competing and everything. Well I got a question just for you, Jesse. Um so you were mentioning uh, WWE earlier. Um some of those guys uh were legit wrestlers at one point in their life. Uh two probably the most famous would be Kurt Angle. Uh, who won an Olympic gold medal in the in the nineties? I think it might have been ninety six, um, and then probably one of the biggest names would be Brock Lesnar, um, who was a, a dominant college wrestler. Um, now there's a story, um, the uh, the how true it is, I'm not entirely sure, but a story about the two kind of got together and had an unsanctioned match where where Kurt beat the much larger Lesnar. Um, so my question is. Uh, so what makes the difference between someone who might dominate in college and someone who's won an Olympic gold medal? What would be, would it be more than just skill? Yeah, I, I think really uh, there's another guy speaking of it. If your uh, listeners are really into it, um, Gable Stevenson's coming up. Uh, he's, 
He's one of their next products. He was a, a collegiate um, national champion. He's a world champion, Olympic champion. And uh, he's actually kind of going back and forth between the WWE and, and um, the high-level professional or, or Olympic wrestling. So um, he's another guy to look at. But really what separates those guys um, is that mental element. So to, to give you an example, you know, talk about Kurt Angle. He broke his neck and kept wrestling in a, in a match in the Olympics. Um, and so that's just a different place you go mentally. That's just a different, uh, you know, mindset when you're saying there's nothing that's going to keep me from this. Um, you know, when I was 18 years old, I, I really wanted to be a college coach. I just wanted to be one of the greatest coaches, you know, in wrestling. But then when I got to college and I saw my coach, um, who won national championship with the time he had put in and the sacrifice he had to put to his family, um, it really gave me second thought because you know, I've been talking about like, what, what do I value? Am I willing to sacrifice my faith, my family, the, the things God's called me to or not um, to pursue those dreams? So I definitely think it's that next gear. I think it's really the ability to say, I'm going to forsake everything else to focus on this goal and really commit to it. And I, and I really feel like that's the difference. Um, I wrestled a guy who got third in the Olympics and um, he was he was much more dedicated in that sense than I was in terms of his his conditioning, cardio and um lifestyle so yeah I, I think it's a next level gear even though kurt angle is smaller than lesnar um angle's just a different guy mentally than, than even brock uh so question for you andy so um i don't know if I, i'm kind of dating myself a little bit here so i grew up watching ufc but well before it became popular um and i was a fan of the the gracie family um and, and hoist gracie one of the smallest competitors uh so I don't know why he, I, you know, I found him interesting because, like, I'm six four and a half, and you know, he's a small guy, but he ends up winning three or four of these UFC tournaments. Um, in the now, in the early days, for those who don't know, UFC there was these long, drawn out matches. Um, uh, the mental and physical endurance to compete, uh, to yet alone win that tournament, what must have been out of this world. Um, so, so where and. Uh, how is that mentality or how is that, that physical endurance uh, learned, Andy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is crazy, those those early matches with no weight classes and just going at it as long as they need to. Um, you know, I think one of the big things actually here is circling back to something Jesse was talking about earlier with wrestling as well, just kind of having that consistent day in, day out willingness to just get a little bit better every time. I think is so much of it, right? Just sticking with it will build that toughness. Um, I think because my, my experience in jujitsu has been, you know, it will, uh, if you stick with it, it will absolutely break you down mentally before it builds you back up. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll go out there and you'll just get absolutely destroyed by people who are so much better than you. But if you stick with it and you keep doing that, it builds up this kind of toughness Right, that enables you in competition settings and in other settings to push through discomfort, to push through pain. Even, uh, you know, one kind of funny example I can think of is there's this big, like, 300-pound heavyweight at my gym, who, you know, if he gets on top of you and mount, he'll he'll try to pressure down on you and basically just smother you with his torso. And when you first encounter that, like, you just want to tap right away. You just want to get out of there. It's so unpleasant. It's sweaty. You can't breathe. It's awful. But then over time. You know, you build, you start to build that mental toughness just through repetition. Uh, and, you know, now I don't just tap right away. Now I slow down. I take a breath. I look to methodically work myself out of that position, even though it's still really uncomfortable and really unpleasant. 
And so I think it's just that consistency and that willingness to humble yourself and get just a little better every day. Sure. Um, so I mentioned earlier the the idea of hard virtues like self-control, humility, fortitude, endurance. Of course, uh, we, on the other side, there's the softer virtues of patience and kindness and love. Um, so so how do you help your athletes as you you both do the coaching? How do you help your athletes balance the need to be tough well, maintaining the ability to have those those uh, softer virtues, uh, Jesse, you first. Yeah, I think it, uh, I think it's in some ways it's you know you're going to run people off on the harder um, disciplines like you're talking about. So my my wrestling team, I always have guys who come out and they last for a couple practices. They're like, yeah, this isn't for me, and they leave. Um, but those who stick around, it it's really easy to keep those hard disciplines because you can see the results, right? Like I'm no no, I'm actually in better shape. So there's a there's a one to one there. I think in that sense. And so with the, with the softer, with the fruits of the spirit kind of, um, you know, disciplines, it's more challenging, especially I think when you, when you have a kid who's um, really good. And so I've, I've coached kids who've, who've become arrogant. And so it's, it's trying to teach them how, do, how do you learn to be a good person when you're gifted physically, when you've mastered the hard disciplines. And so really I feel as a coach, I have to model those and how I handle my students. Um, you know, how do I handle expectations with them? And that's, you know, that's been a learning process for me as a 36-year-old man. And, you know, I started coaching in my early 20s or late 20s, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> you know, how do, how do I model? It's okay to be upset with you because you didn't put the time in. You didn't put the work in. You were overconfident. But how do I make sure the kid understands I'm coming from those place of love, compassion, kindness, gentleness, you know, self-control. And so I, I really feel that that's one of the things I have to make sure I'm modeling is how I engage every wrestler I have with those um, traits of the fruit of the spirit, because that's how they learn it. Just, I think just like, you know, kid has to learn how to be in shape. You have to model it. You have to model those as well for them. How about you, Andy? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so much of what Jesse said is applicable for our, for our situation as well. I think um, like Jesse saying, <clears throat> you know, you can't force the hard virtues into people. Some people will, will give up. Uh, but I think, I think there's a balance. I think actually using the softer virtues can create uh, the environment for the hard virtues to flourish. And what I mean by that is uh, in the gym, you know, if you create an environment where you are encouraging people to be disciplined, to endure, to have self-control, to push themselves. Right. But at the same time where it's okay for them to fail, right. Where you're going to be patient with them, where you're going to be kind to them. You're not just going to jump all over them every time they mess up or they fail or they don't succeed. Right. If you can use the soft virtues to create an environment where they can start developing, I think that's how those hard virtues come about, right? Because, you know, kids and adults aren't going to learn endurance and discipline all at once, right? It's not one big step. They're going to learn a little bit and then they're going to fail and then they're going to learn a little bit more and they're going to fail. So having that kind of gentle, patient, forgiving environment allows them to make those progressive steps but at the same time, you also do need to know when to push people, right? Like you need to know when someone needs to be told to keep going rather than just letting go. Uh, you need to, and that there's some wisdom to that, right? There's not, it's not an exact science. There's wisdom in knowing when to push someone, you know, when someone's getting too arrogant and you just have to get out there on the mat and make them look silly so that they'll, they'll chill a little bit, right? You have to have wisdom sure. when to, when to bear down on them and when to let up and, and be forgiving. That leads me to a question of, has it been your experience as you interact with non-believers in combat sports and maybe you reveal that you're a Christian or comes up in a conversation um, 
for either one of you, have you had the expect the ex people have the expectation? Of course, you're gonna you're not gonna be as tough. You're not gonna be as able to to be ferocious and mean because you're a Christian and and had to kind of overcome that stereotype. Have either of you dealt with that? Yeah, I, it's you know it's uh if you met me in person, I'm a, I'm a big teddy bear. I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to laugh, have a good time. Um, but you know, through, through wrestling for some years, I've, I've learned when to turn on the competitor and, and, you know, when to turn them off. And so when I took the wrestling job here, Roswell high, and I think, you know, Andy can agree, um, with this uh, wonderful benefit of contact sports is, you know, it's not like football where as a coach, if I put on the helmet pads and I go lay a kid out, I'm going to lose my job. Um, <laughs> but in, in wrestling, I can wrestle the kids and that's, that's standard practice. It's normal. You know, you have to be careful obviously because you're the adult, but um, when I first took this job, those kids were really rough and tough, and they didn't they did not have any respect for me in that sense. And so they thought this guy's just a nice soft guy. He's not gonna and so I wrestled with each of them and I, you know, I beat them and that's it's like Andy was saying, and I taught them less like, whoa, this guy has this guy has a lot he can show me, and he's not as easy as I thought just by first appearance. And so um, you know, you definitely bump into that where where people think, oh, you're a Christian, so you're you're gonna be soft in that sense. And I and I think like we've covered so many great verses that point and remind us to, you know, we're to be training for the real battles, which are the spiritual battles, right? Not against flesh and blood, but against powers and prince of dominions. And so, um, yeah, I think that that always throws people off a little bit when you can be a person who exudes this uh, fruit of the spirit, but yet you're able to make those hard lines you know, push people and, and really question, you know, why are you doing what you're doing in that sense? Sure. You know, it, it's interesting to add on to that. I, I, I think the, I'm sure there are differences between the jujitsu community and the wrestling community, but when it comes to specifically people not taking you as serious or thinking you won't be as tough for being a Christian. Uh, I, one of the things that's interesting is I feel like the jujitsu community specifically is actually pretty saturated with Christians. Now, of course there are a lot of non-Christians in the jujitsu community as well. Uh, but I think because of that, because there's a lot of Christians who are there, there isn't as much of a stigma, right? There's this kind of respect people know. And my experience has tended to be that jujitsu, jujitsu gyms, the kind of people who are at BJJ gyms are kind of in the socio-political space where they're at least more friendly towards Christians. There's not a lot of antagonism. Obviously there are going to be exceptions to that. Uh, but it's interesting, even at, at my gym, I think there are four pastors who are part of our gym and we're not a very big gym. So it's just interesting kind of how, I don't know what the connection is there. Maybe they're sure. taking out anger. They can't take out elsewhere, but, <laughs> uh, but th it does seem to be in the jujitsu community. There's a, there's a joke, uh, that, you know, there's a joke about Brazilians who are on steroids that what's fueling them is acai and Jesus because so many of the great jujitsu athletes are like devout Christians or so it's interesting. There, there's a lot of interconnectedness there. Okay. Uh, now, before we wrap things up, I, I wanted to give each of you a chance to, so how can we pray for men like you who have a platform like you have um, dealing? I, I guess maybe in my ignorance, I'm looking at it and go, maybe this is a little different than coaching basketball, a little different than coaching soccer. Uh, there is a lot of one-on-one -on -one uh, aspect to it, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. So the question first to you, Andy, how does, how does someone pray for men like you? I, honestly, I think the biggest prayer that I feel like I need in this kind of position, and I would think others in this, in a similar position would need is just that I would keep Christ at the center of everything I'm doing. I think when you're doing something you really enjoy 
uh, something physical where there's a lot of tangible results, right? It's, it's easy to kind of get distracted and get off center and kind of compartmentalize, right? Christ and my faith are over here. And then this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm focused on. But uh, so just prayer that I would really keep Christ at the center of everything I'm doing with jujitsu, right? That it would be built on who Christ has made me to be and that it would be directed ultimately towards the glory of Christ and not, you know, towards my own glory or to some other goal. Yeah, I, I think, you know, prayer for me would, would look really, and, and again, like I think Andy's unique in that sense with, and that's one thing uh, jiu-jitsu has over wrestling is you can still compete for a long time. Um, you know, wrestling is a little bit more harder to compete. You've got to live like in the Midwest section. You've got to live in certain areas where there's a lot more opens to go to. Um, so, you know, in that sense, I'm not competing anytime in the near future. Uh, but, you know, for me, from the, it's definitely in that coding perspective, prayers for the ability to, like I said, to, to model Christ to these uh, young men that, you know, I just come into contact with every day of practice and, and really that those those relationships are fostering that I can, um, you know, share Christ with them. I mean, that's really one of the reasons I love coaching is you get to build relationships with the kid for four to five years and you get to watch them grow up. You get to watch them become a man. And so really being able to just to, to speak into their lives, speak into, um, hey, this is what life ultimately is about. And, you know, as great as wrestling is, as great as whatever they're into is, it's it's nothing compared to the glory of Christ. And so really that's that's my always, uh, when people ask how they can pray for me, it's, it's really just that I would constantly be a light to those kids. And, and when those opportunities come that I would uh, graciously share and the spirit would be moving. Well, I want to thank Andy and Jesse for coming on for this conversation. For those of you who are enrolled in the FRC Digital, let me encourage you to mark in your schedule when we're going to have an in-person gathering. Also, make sure that you download the worksheet and join us for worship on Sunday. I'm Pastor Tim Leisinger, and this is the FRC Digital Network.